Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Final hour here on Big Ed Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Christian Ocero filling in for Bink. Julio Sanchez on the other side wearing uh, this really silly looking Santa Claus. Why is it silly? Onesie jumper. Why is, it, why is it silly? Bro, it's silly, bro. It's, uh, I it's mean, silly. it is the season, right? Did, I'm you, just did, you, did you? Did your girl make you wear it today? Did she like get you that as oh, an no, early Christmas gift? Oh, no, I embarrassed gym? her wearing that. You should have saw me last night. We went to one of those <laughs> Christmas pop-ups. And I wore my. Uh, oh, did you go the the miracle pop up? Uh, the, it was the one at down in Power and Light. Oh yeah. Uh, but I, I wore my uh, three piece suit. Uh, that was is a, it a Christmas, Christmas theme oh, that no. has that lights up. Oh no. Oh man, I'm telling you, people were <laughs> loving it. I got so many compliments. So it was, on, it was amazing. On Monday, uh, my girlfriend like put this together. We went to Miracle on the Plaza. It's like a it's a pop up Christmas bar. Uh, really really nice place. Really cool. Drinks are expensive. They're expensive as hell. Like you gotta, you gotta take out a payday loan to. Yeah, to pay no, they were they were. They're expensive. expensive. Unnecessarily expensive. Yeah, but, you know. I mean, you know, hey, people pay it, so you know, you know, can't knock the hustle. But I mean, yeah, it, it was good. It was really nice. Yeah, it was fun. Very nice place, but very expensive. But yeah, it's those pop up bars are really nice. I wish we could have kept the mugs. Yeah, Did you yeah. have the cool mugs. No, yeah, because I got like a, I got the what is it the on dasher. And like it was like in a kind of like a tall glass you would you would get at like a resort. I had like a, a fancy T Rex Santa mug. That was pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah. They they always have cool mugs there at those places. But yeah, it's like the third year I've gone to like a pop up. They had one. They're fun. They had one downtown, and it 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 was like it's like not far from like Main Street. Really nice, really cool. It's like a second level of a of a bar. It's not far from like the record bar or whatnot. Really nice. It's one a great there. date night. Yeah, very good. So yeah, uh, yeah, very embarrassing ones that you've got on. I love it. You're just jealous. You don't I have could, one. I don't want. You're one. jealous. I don't want. One. The lady was like, "Are you really wearing that to work?" And I was like, "Why wouldn't I?" <laughs> did you Did you go somewhere in public first before you came here in that thing? No, but the uh, delivery guy showed up with a couple of uh, big packages off of a truck for us because we're rebuilding our house, and and yeah. I came out in my onesie. Oh, you came out. In I this came thing? out with the onesie and oh, you know helped them unload the boxes, and wow. it's fine. I wasn't it was Santa Claus. I was, I was taking packages. About it. You know? Someone someone said on the on the J Southland Tow Service text line because we talked about last segment which. Who's the best athlete that ate their way ate their way out of the league? Trent Richardson is is what they said. Trent didn't eat himself out of the league. He had like all these knee injuries and problems. He he, man, I, I'll tell you this. And I've said this about like Bama running backs. You can trust them. Like you could generally trust them. Like they're all they're big, 
They're they're strong, powerful, surprisingly fast for their size. You could trust them. Like I, I talked about this last segment. I was I was all over Najee Harris. Big fan of him. I was a big fan of Derrick Henry coming out of there. Like I I'm always a fan of these Alabama running backs. So yeah, I can't say Trent Richardson though. I thought he was gonna be really good too. I really yeah, that was just he had a disappointing career. Man, I thought he was gonna be so he signed good. That, that contract and because they because who trade was it the Colts bad, that traded for news. him? Because I think the Browns had him, the Colts traded a one, or maybe it was vice versa. It was the other way. Maybe it was the other way around. Somebody traded a one for that guy. I think it was the Colts that traded a one for him, and he was never that guy. I was seriously like, I, I'm pretty sure it was the Colts that traded it, traded for him, and yeah, he it didn't, was. He didn't pan out. Yeah, it was. So last I said I tweeted this out after the game because I was I was feeling hype. I was pretty happy about the win. Like I was in the in the living room and it's late on a on a Thursday night. My girlfriend sleeps. She had to work early in the morning. So I'm like trying to keep it down. But you know, you know, you're like in the living room watching TV, trying to keep it down because people sleep. And the Chiefs get this, make this just amazing comeback. National television. Everybody's watching this damn game. The I mean, it was the it was like the highest. I think I think they said it was the highest Thursday night football rating ever. It's like 18 million people watched this game last night. Like the NFL, and it was it, worth it. Yeah, I was like, you you know you know it's a good rating when NFL media comes and tweets out about it, bragging about the ratings here. Uh, they're actually replaying the game right now on NFL Network. Um, but you know they this was a highly rated game. Everybody, it seemed like everybody on Twitter was watching this game. Just it, it was a huge matchup. Obviously, the Chiefs, who have dominated the AFC for years now. I mean, this was this was massive for you know how the, how this went down. And a lot of people have been on the Chiefs bandwagon for years. A lot of people have bought into this team. They're they're like this is a team that a lot of people respect. A lot of people uh, think is very dangerous at the very least, or they hate them so, or they hate them a lot because they're so good. But there's not a whole lot of people that are like, oh, Chiefs are overrated. They're not good. But this year, the people that feel that way about the team have been vindicated a bit because the team has struggled. They haven't been the the sexy, top-notch team that they've been over the years. And because of that, there's a lot of people who are, are you know supposedly dancing on the grave of the Chiefs. And there's a lot of people out there that are starting to waver with the Chiefs. They're starting to waffle a bit on them because I think it's part of it is a college football mentality when it comes to dominance. When you watch teams like Alabama and Clemson just utterly dominate their conferences, utterly dominate competition that is supposedly inferior to them, you kind of just assume that that's what great teams do. You just assume that if this team's great, they're just going to run through all the competition that they face. But professional sports is different, especially the NFL. There's so much parity in this sport, and it's so hard to be dominant in this league. It really is. It's incredibly difficult to win as many games as the Chiefs have done the last three years. Really hard. Hosted the last three conference championship games. Could be on route to hosting their fourth straight, depending on how they finish the year um, and, and how they how they fare in the playoffs. We could see the fourth straight time 
that two teams will face off for the Lamar Hunt Trophy at Arrowhead Stadium. That's the kind of great fortune we have here in Kansas City. But as soon as there's any sort of weakness that can be shown, people want to exploit it or people want to try and magnify it. And they want to be the first. Exactly. You always want to, like, there's always somebody in our profession who's trying to say, yep, there they are. They're done. I was the first to call it. Yep. Always. Like, right now, it seems like it's a competition between Colin Coward and Skip Bayless of who can hate the Chiefs the most. I mean, this is just how it is. And right now, like last night, the Chiefs made a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people believers because Justin Herbert was the guy. He was the new Patrick Mahomes, if you will. Everybody. Oh, this is the new Patrick Mahomes. He's what Patrick Mahomes was uh, during his first year. Look at his numbers. Look at this. Look at that. Oh, the Chargers, they're going to be so dangerous in the playoffs. They're going to win the division. All that mess you were hearing. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting here on Twitter last night during the game, just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, don't call Justin Herbert elite. He's never even played in the playoffs. What are you doing? And, and so there's so many people that are wanting to crown the Chargers, and they weren't able to do it last night. And now all of a sudden, people are starting to feel the Chiefs again. I'm telling you this right now. Ain't no damn room left on the Chiefs bandwagon. I can understand if it took you a minute to get back on because of the way they were a couple months ago. After that Titans game, man, I'll tell you this. I was sweating a little bit. (laughs) I'll admit I was pissed after that game. The way the defense played in that first half, the way the offense played the entire game, I was pissed. That was not a good game. So if you had your doubts back then, cool, you know. I mean, certainly maybe you don't go to the links that uh, that Michael Irvin did where he's smashing a pumpkin with the Arrowhead logo on it. Probably not a good idea. But I could understand if you had your doubts back then. But to me, once we got past, like, Oakland the first time or Dallas, that's about the time where you look at this team and you're like, hey, look at them. They have won – Oh, and they are not playing their best football, but they're still winning in the NFL. It is so hard to win games. Think about how many teams have gone worst to first, first to worst happens all the time. You know, we had this discussion last hour about how many times have we seen elite quarterback matchups in the same division uh, and, and, Probably the best answer we came up with was somebody on the text line uh, texted in Marino and and Jim Kelly. That's the best. That's the best one they did. And, and we're talking extended period extended of time, not period, just not, over a season, not a year or two. Like somebody said, like Matt Ryan and Drew Brees. Like, yeah, that happened for a year. Or, or Cam or Newton, Cam and, and Drew, Drew Brees. Brees, and that was for a year because you know those guys did it during their respective MVP seasons. But there's not very many times where you get extended years of two elite quarterbacks going back and forth and, and battling it out for supremacy in their division year after year because of how hard it is for you to find two elite quarterbacks at that level. And listen, we're obviously not going to go out and say that Herbert's at that level yet, but he's, 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 he's damn close. Like he's certainly, sh- he's shown something a lot this year, but last night he definitely showed something. And, and so they, they definitely with a good playoff run could be there, but let's not go out here and bury the chiefs. People have been looking for any excuse 
to try to do it. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that people in our profession and people who are active on social media giving sports takes are so afraid of being wrong. When you've got freezing cold takes on Twitter just looking to retweet some stupid thing that someone said about sports or just something that was wrong, because sometimes it's like it's a reasonable thing to that someone would say at the time they were just wrong. It just happened to go a different way. But there are, there certainly are some stupid takes that people have had that got retweeted on there or like somebody took a screenshot and posted it on there. It happens all the time. And I think because of that, because if you say something that's blatantly wrong, you can get roasted. People are cautious about their takes. And people are so afraid of being wrong that they kind of want to find a way to they find a, they want to find a way to flip-flop as much. I mean, a lot of people have been flip-flopping on this Chiefs team all year long. Like one week they're great, next week they're not. One week they are, next week they're not. And I at this point, if it took you this long to get on the Chiefs bandwagon, you you can't get on. This ain't for you. Like if if and this is one thing like you can tell with the players, they're about this way too. Uh Tyron Matthew very active on on Twitter. Like he said, he said, keep that same energy. He tweeted that out last week. Keep that same energy. And I'm 100% behind it. If you were the guy that was like the Chiefs are done two weeks ago after their offense struggled against a very good Broncos defense, don't be the guy that's all of a sudden like Chiefs are back. They're good. You know, we're all good just because they did what they did last night against the Chargers. We don't need you. Someone on the on the Jay Southland Toe Service text line a couple hours ago texted in after I, I talked about this earlier on in the show that, oh, well, oh, why would you not want all those fans rooting for the team? And my, my reply to that is, I remember what it was like when we had all these new money Royals fans jumping on the Royals bandwagon. I've been a Royals fan since I was nine years old. That was the first time I got into baseball, and I used to watch Randa and used to watch Beltron and Die and Damon and all those guys. I remember when Sweeney was the best player on the team and everybody hated him because they were like, oh, he's overpaid and they're not winning. We hate Sweeney, all that mess, even though he's a great hitter. Um, people hated him just because the you know he was making money and the team wasn't winning and he was he himself was playing great. You know, I remember I suffered through the the years where you had Buddy Bell as the manager and and you know the team was losing 100 games a year for multiple years in a row. I remember that stuff. I sat through all those tough years. And then when the Royals start winning, all of a sudden these bandwagon new money ass fans come out of nowhere and act like they've been on the Royals the entire time. All the while, they're calling in on, on Vern's postgame show talking about Ned Yost needs to be fired because they're on a three-game losing streak. Like, I don't want to deal with that. No one wants to deal with that. I didn't like when the Rams left St. Louis and then all of a sudden all these St. Louis people started claiming the Chiefs. Like, no, we don't want you. If you can't, if you ran the Rams off, we don't need you in our fan base. We're good. We got it. We got the Chiefs on lock over here in KC. Like, I don't like I know how it is with new fans, new money fans, bandwagon fans. It, it sucks. It's tough. Like, I know the Chiefs want that. They want new fans financially. It's very beneficial for them. But as someone who's been through the tough times, you don't want someone coming in just when it's nice and easy. 
You don't want someone coming in and they didn't earn their stripes, if you will, by sitting through the Scott Pioli years, by sitting through the the Herm Edwards years, even though I was a big fan of Herm. Um, you know, they didn't they didn't sit through the end of Marty Ball when you know, you had like the Monday night meltdown, which basically was the end of Marty Schottenheimer's career in Kansas City. Like you didn't have all those years. You know, you didn't have Romeo Cronell blubbering his way through interviews all throughout that see all throughout that 2012 season. You didn't have that. I don't we don't need you if you're a bandwagon fan. We don't need you if you're just a member of the media trying to get some clout by saying, "Oh, the Chiefs are great when they're when they're winning, but then when they're losing, ah, oh, man, I'm I'm done with the Chiefs. We're done." You know, it's all about the you know, the Patriots or whatever flavor of the month it is. We earned our stripes when we sat through all the terrible years as Chiefs fans. We don't need you if you're just jumping on the bandwagon now. We got this. We've been winning for years. We've been through a lot before that. We good. If you wasn't on this team a month ago, then it's too late, bro. We're not going to accept you here. We got it. We're good. We got plenty of support. You can go root for the Patriots or whatever bandwagon team you want to jump on next. Coming up next, I tell you why I am enjoying the way that college football is handling the uh, NIL situation. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. in here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. If you missed any of the great discussion on athletes who ate their way out of the league, you can listen to that on the podcast page, 610sports.com, the Odyssey app. Just go to Bink at Night. First two hours are up. We've had a good time tonight, right? Yeah, we, we have. It's been fun. Doesn't feel like we've been on the air for almost two and a half hours now. Someone uh, someone texted in on Jay Salento's or his text line. I went to 20 Royals games one year and saw them lose 20 times. That's a real one. That's a real one. That's, that's, a, real how you, one, that's a real Royals fan right there. That's someone that loves that team. That's so it, it, I'll tell you this. Um, I, was, I was telling Julio this in the break. The first Royals game I went to was 2001. I was almost, I was almost 11 at the time. Um, and they went and played the Blue Jays at Kaufman, and they got destroyed. It was like 9-2. It was bad. And I I did not see them win a game in person until I think 2011. Like, that not was good. that's how bad. Not I, good at all. I mean, I didn't go to like a ton of games, but like I, I'm pretty sure it was 2011, the first time I saw them win in person. And it was bad. I mean, and and, you know, granted, like, probably the best way we were going to watch them back then. Cause like the only thing they had was like the RSTN and they would show like what well, they have like Saturday home games and Sunday away games and like obviously opening day. And like, that was it. It'd be like on channel 38, I think like, so you couldn't really watch them on TV. So you had to go to the games. You had to listen to, to Bob Davis on the radio, Bob Davis and, and, uh, and, and Denny Matthews. Like that was it. 
So yeah, if you you go to the games, you'd see you'd get a ton of opportunities to watch them lose back then. It's tough. I didn't. It was ten years after I went to my first game that I saw them actually win a game in person. So I, I can feel your pain, and that's a real Royals fan right there. And if you sat through that, you absolutely you you've earned you earned those those two years in the World Series. But if you're one of those fans that just decided to jump on the Royals bandwagon and bought your first Royals hat, first Royals jersey in 2014 when they made the playoffs, yeah, 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 we don't we don't need you. I mean, we appreciate your service. We appreciate you listening here, and we appreciate your patronage. I'm sure. I'm sure the Royals did did too when you were going to the games. But uh, yeah, yeah, your new money and uh, teams we, appreciate we that straight. compensation. Oh, of course they do. Of course they do. Especially you know the Royals then, even though they you know even though they had reportedly lost money. Yeah, like they enjo- they uh-huh. enjoyed that. Uh huh. The 2015, the attendance was really good. It's like over thirty thousand. They did like two million. It's amazing what two, winning does, right? I know, right? It's amazing, <laughs> I know, right? So earlier this week, I think it was Wednesday. It was college football uh, early signing day for college football. I'm a big college football guy. Bink is a big college football guy. Whenever we're both on together, we will find a way to talk college football for a segment or two. Um, We talked a little bit about early signing day on Tuesday and how the name image likeness uh, system that's been put in place now since last June has really changed the landscape of the uh, of college football. And early signing day has absolutely been changed by it. I think it's like 80% of players sign early, uh, do, you know, sign on early signing day because they can either just get it out of the way or they can actually enroll early and get a jump start on their college football career, which is worthless. Can I, I just want to throw that in. Is there, it? By the way. I think I, I hate that college football has multiple signing days. Like it just, it makes no sense to me. It, it players just flip who they like, just get flipped as far as who they sign for and reneging on who. They, I'm fine with I'm that. I like it. college football. I mean, I well, yeah, because you're you're a KU fan. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I was know, KU fan, discussion. I wouldn't I wouldn't watch a lot of college football either. Hey, at least I'm not a Texas fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Texas is one. I mean, they lost to you guys this year, so that's that. Like being that's a right. Texas that's fan right, now is did. bad. That's right. And their their quarterback. Uh, Hope they enjoy the SEC. Quarterbacks. They're not. They're not going to enjoy no, the SEC. They thought it was bad here. <laughs> it's only going to get worse. Talk Same thing about with Oklahoma. That's, that's why Lincoln Riley threw up the two fingers and dipped right? out of dipped out of Norman. He was like, I ain't going to the SEC. But here's my thing. I'm like. There were comments earlier this week that came out. Lane Kiffin was complaining about teams basically just being able to have companies, businesses pay players to come pay for come play for them. And Dabo Sweeney came out and he complained about, oh, well, it's becoming more about money and not about education in regards to NIL and recruitment. I don't see any problem whatsoever with players getting their money. Because at the end of the day, these coaches have been getting money off of the the hard work of these players for years now. And I know people say, well, education and blah, 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 this. And and certainly there are athletes that perform for these schools that don't that play sports that don't even make that much money or any money at all. There's some programs that go in the red, but there is a that go in the red. There's some sports that go in the red as far as the athletic department goes. But there are tons of sports like football, basketball that generally will make uh, a decent amount, if to, if not a lot of money for these universities. 
And they these teams can profit off of the name, image, likeness of these players, but the players can't do it themselves. That doesn't make any damn sense. Like, I can understand if you're against players being paid by the universities to go out and, and play their respective sport. But to tell these guys that they can't make money off of their likeness when you were out here a few years ago selling video games with their likeness on it, to tell them that they can't make money on their own is a problem to me. And when they finally changed that rule and allowed these guys to go out there and get their money, now all of a sudden you got coaches who are going to have to work harder to recruit start to complain. Because you saw the situation where I think the kid's name is Travis Walker, I think. He was number one cornerback. Some websites had him as the number one recruit in this draft, in this uh, recruiting class. He was originally committed to Florida State, Mike Norvell there. And then he flipped his commitment on early signing day on Wednesday to Jackson State so he can go play for Deion Sanders. And you saw some people, oh, like there was rumors going around that uh, supposedly he was being paid a million and a half. Travis Hunter. Yeah, Travis Hunter. Like there was there was supposedly uh, a rumor going around that he was being paid a million and a half. And some people are trying to like use that against him to to hurt his reputation or hurt Dion's reputation as a recruiter. If he got paid a million and a half, who cares? It's legal. If it took a million and a half to get Hunter to to change his commitment from Florida State to Jackson State, so be it. These guys, like these coaches can go out there and they can chase more money. They can chase a bigger paycheck whenever they want. They can like look at like I don't know if you know the the Manny Diaz story. Uh, with Miami, the Miami head coach, he basically yep. had to watch as Miami hired his replacement before they fired him. And I, you know, I remember hearing people on the station, hearing people in media. Oh, we feel sorry for Manny. I mean, that's like watching your girlfriend go out on a date with another dude. <laughs> another, and then she breaks up right? with you after that. <laughs> and like, if if that was just a story in the vacuum with no other context whatsoever, I can understand you feeling sorry for Manny Diaz watching as they hire Mario Cristobal from from Oregon to be your replacement without firing you. But if you know the story behind Manny Diaz, you know that before he, he was the, the head coach of Miami, Karma. he was the head coach of Temple three years ago, and he was on the job for 17 days. And 17 days, mind you, during that 17 days was early signing day three years ago. He got 17 Temple players to commit and sign to play at the University of Temple. They signed to play there. He got coaches to agree to contracts there. As a matter of fact, the day that he interviewed for that Miami job, he had to finish an interview for a job at Temple for another assistant coaching position before he, in- he interviewed for that job. And then 17 days after he signed his contract, he dipped and went back to Miami. It's called karma. Called karma. But coaches can do that. You can see coaches get bought out of their contracts by their new employer, and then they just dip and go there, leaving kids high and dry, which is why a lot of times whenever you have a coaching change, these kids end up kind of hung out to dry. And they got to either decide, am I going to stick here? Am I going to stick around here? Or am I going to dip and go to a different university, which is – why the transfer portal is great now, and I'm so happy that these kids have the ability to go wherever they want to because it means that there's more freedom there. But 
The problem is that coaches now, a lot of these coaches are trying to make it seem as if they're victims because players are getting money. Because now they're going to have to recruit even harder. And sometimes they're going to lose out on top recruits because that top recruit might have a deal that's going to pay them more money if they go play for a different university. That's how it is. Capitalism. If that's how it is, that's how it is. I don't have an issue with that because for years these players have basically been working hard and not seeing the, the, the rewards for that hard work. And now these guys are in a position to where they can earn the, the money that they've worked hard for. Not every one of these players is going to get an NIL deal. But the ones that do have earned it. Uh, I was reading yesterday that Tom Brady signed like four or five new recruits for his uh, his new clothing line. It's like an athletic and casual wear line. Um, so he's got guys that he's that are basically going to be modeling for him and promoting his gear. And I'm happy with that. That's great because now these guys are going to get compensated for the work that they're doing. And if you as a coach want to be able to win these guys over, maybe you need to make some, some friendships, you know, maybe talk to go, go talk to Bob's car dealership down the street and see if they can start offering some Lexuses, some Acuras for these guys to drive around so that you can get that, you can secure that player in your recruiting class. Do what you got to do. But I don't have any issue whatsoever with these players getting paid and starting to earn their just due for their work. Because you know what? These guys are being screwed for a long time. Coming up next, I tell you the biggest reason why Urban Meyer didn't work out at Jacksonville. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Final couple of segments here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, Christian Ocero, Julio Sanchez. This Urban Meyer situation, this was probably the most entertaining story of the NFL season this year. Talk I mean, really? Dumpster fire. I mean, yeah, like. Loved watching it, too. Oh, I did. I did. And, you know, I'm a I'm a Florida fan. You especially loved it then. Oh, I really loved it. <laughs> oh, man. I, seriously, I, I you know, it's funny because, like, I really loved Urban when he was the coach for Florida. And then when he left that program in shambles, like, he didn't just leave them. He left them in shambles. Like, his regime there was absolutely chaotic. 31 players arrested. You had players fighting coaches. Well, not fighting, beating up coaches. Um, I mean, just a mess there. I mean, it was a disaster when he was at, in Gainesville. He leaves, and then he goes to, you know, he takes some time off, you know, retires from coaching. Then he goes to Ohio State, wins his first college football playoff there. Great, great. Uh, I mean, seriously, it was it was probably the best way you could, you could uh, secure – your job in uh, in Ohio and Columbus. And then after that, he has another, he has a scandal there with uh, his assistant coach who is involved in domestic violence issues. And uh, he had known about these issues. So he ends up uh, having to let that coach, I think that coach resigned. And then after the fact, at the end of the year, he, uh, 
he resigned as head coach, retired from coaching, and was out of the biz for a while. But then the perfect opportunity for him popped up, this time in the NFL. This time he could go be a professional coach, and he could try to see if he could cut it at the professional level. And anyone who's like followed me on, on Twitter, at Sarah to 60 um, or has heard me on the air talk about Urban Meyer, know, knows that I did not think that Urban Meyer was going to work in the NFL. I think I feel like most people I, saw I, this coming. I I mean Colin Coward didn't. <laughs> I mean yeah, there were a know. lot of and there were a lot of Jags fans that tried to convince themselves. Like Urban Meyer was never cut out. He's for too big NFL. for his britches, I'm telling it you. It wasn't even just that. Like cuz here's my thing. I don't believe that the college level and the professional level are different levels. I think they're two sides of the same coin. It's just like it there's a different kind of personality that you have to have to be able to be in those sports. Like, I think that the more personable coaches, those are the college coaches because you have to recruit well. You have to be someone that can influence young minds because you're dealing with kids that are still developing mentally. They're going through some tough times, a lot of times emotionally, uh, because they're still full of hormones and they're really young. And and so you have to be someone that can sympathize with that and understand. And you got to be a little bit more like them. And and there's a relatability that you have to have. And you can get away with a little more because these kids, because they're developing and whatnot, they haven't quite developed the ego that an adult does. So you can get away with a little more. We've seen that where coaches have have kind of gone a little too far in disciplining players or talking to players a certain way. I remember watching Jim McElwain go red in the face because he was yelling at players on the sidelines or Will Muschamp doing the same thing at Florida. So it happens. But at the professional level, there's a level of organization and there's a level of trust you have to have if you want to be successful at the professional level. And Urban Meyer was never cut out for it because Urban Meyer never has had to experience a situation where he had to establish a culture of trust. He didn't have that when he was at at Florida. It was chaos. Like I said, 31 players arrested. You had coaches punching out. uh, I mean, you had players punching out coaches in your, in meetings and whatnot. This wasn't for him. And the key part of that is you got to make sure that your players trust you. And that starts with you trusting your players. Urban Meyer didn't do that. Urban Meyer was, he benched his best offensive weapon in James Robinson uh, because he fumbled in games. Now, anyone who who knows me knows that uh, when Clyde was fumbling earlier this year, I was pissed. I was not happy about it. I was like, man, it'd be nice if Jonathan Taylor were playing for the Chiefs right now. And there's a reason why I'm not coaching in the NFL because I don't have the patience to go out there and deal with a receiver that drops the ball or 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 running back or receiver uh, in the Chiefs case that are fumbling footballs. I don't have the patience to deal with that. I'm not one of those like I'm not like Andy where you know where you see Byron Pringle dropping passes, key passes too, and you're like, let's go back to him again. You know, let's 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 feed him again. Let's let's keep going. Let's let's try to build his trust up again. That's not that's not what I would do. It's not how I am. That's the reason why I'm not a coach. That's why you're not a coach. Is why I'm not sure. a coach. And a lot of people don't have that patience. I one of my good friends from college, he had this he had this habit on we'd play Madden or NCAA back in the day. And if he had a receiver that dropped the ball 
or if he had a corner that dropped the ball. He would go into the depth chart and he would bench that player. He put him on the bench. He put that, him back. Teach him. That'll God. teach him. That'll teach that. That'll, that'll teach that video game player. That'll, that'll teach him to not drop the football. That's what he would do. Not everybody's cut cut out to to coach, and it's really hard to do it at the professional level because you got to treat men like men. You got stories coming out where Urban Meyer is kicking his kicker. He's kicking his – mind you, if you're going to kick anybody, you got to kick a kicker on a punter. You're not going to kick your quarterback. I mean, you're not yeah, going to kick a fair. lineman. I mean, Urban Meyer would have got – he'd have been a he'd have been, he'd have been a stretcher if he'd have kicked anybody. At least he did it to somebody that, right, that can't take him. I mean, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He kicked the kicker. He kicked the kicker. So, like, the kickers, they already know that they're always on thin ice anyways. They miss a few kicks. All of a sudden now, their job's on the line. So, you know – at least he knows how to pick the right battles to fight. But yeah, he kicked his kicker. And I I just feel like if he's doing this at the professional level, it makes you wonder what he did at the collegiate level. It makes you wonder what he was doing at Florida and Ohio State and Utah and Bowling Green. It makes you wonder. If he was willing to do that to a grown-ass man, what about an 18-year-old kid that just got out of high school? And still trying to figure out what they want to do in life, what kind of person they are, still trying to figure out all these things. A lot of these kids change their majors in the middle of their college careers. And I wonder what how he was to them, because if he's willing to kick a grown ass man, I wonder how he was like to some of these other kids out there when he was coaching. And when you can't treat men like men, when you put your hands or your feet in this case on on grown ass men, it tells me that you're never cut out for this. and There's going to be a problem. Yeah, and it's like some college will hire him again, maybe if he decides to get back into coach. If he wants to coach, he'll coach again. I mean, Art Bryles has a job, and he shouldn't have a job. So he'll get another opportunity. But, I mean, at this point now, if you're Urban Meyer, like no top program is going to take him, and no NFL job will ever, ever oh, yeah, call him. He's done in the 100%. NFL. But I, I can imagine some, like – like some Liberty University type school deciding to bring him in because, hey, we need a coach. I can see that happening. Coming up next, we close the show off, and I'll tell you why. The, the, the main reason why I think the Chiefs are starting to get back to their winning ways. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Final couple minutes left on the show here. Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. The Odyssey app, Christian Ocero, Julio Sanchez. Show has flown by. Been a good one tonight. It's been, been fun. Clean. It's been fun. We got so many people that texted in players who ate their way out of the league. I mean, that's a hot topic. That is a hot topic, like, a man. It's great funny. topic. It's, I mean, it's sad. I mean, we are having fun at the expense of others. But, we are. You know, there are so many people brought up Eddie Lazy, man. Poor it guy. was actually funny because it was, I mean, it's not funny, but like, I was thinking about it that like is. a couple weeks ago. I was like, where did Eddie Lacy go? Because, like, you know, you look at, like, the Packers and their and their running back situation, and, like, they've had good running backs, you know, you know, interspersed 
over their time with a bunch of nobodies. Like, you know, they got like Aaron Jones now. And Aaron Jones is really good, but they don't really seem to appreciate him. They drafted A.J. Dillon last year. I say A.J. Dillon is a beast, man. He's really good. Yeah, he's really good. But, like, I, I still think Aaron Jones is much better than he is. But They're like, two different types of running backs. Yeah, I don't are. agree with that. I, I I think that he's much better. Than I mean, I, I'm kind of biased because I have one of my fantasy Because he's on your fantasy team, team. That's why. But, <laughs> but I, I love Aaron Jones, man. Uh, th- this whole conversation, by the way, stemmed from Zion Williamson, you know, supposedly. Eating whole large pizzas, large pizzas and drinking and dr- two liters yes. by himself. Right. It, apparently between uh, the weight of... 310 to 330 right now in his normal playing weights at uh, 260, 260, 265. Yeah. He's like, what, 6'8", I yeah. think? Like 6'8", six, 6'9"? Six, yep. That's huge, man. It's like at least a fifty minimum 50-pound difference. It's a lot of weight to lose. That's a, and that's a lot of weight. Because, like, here's the thing about NBA players. Like, they generally run, like, three to five miles a game. So, like, imagine if you're a th- – I mean, he, I mean – 310 pounds is different on someone who's six foot eight. But like, imagine if you were, you were smaller, like you imagine like my height, like six one and you're 310 pounds and you're running three to five miles a, you know, a day, like three, four times a week. There's a lot of damn miles to run. It's a lot of weight to put on. I considering and, and like millions of that, dollars. That might be, that might be as why like his lower joints are so bad. That would be why I had a coworker once that was like, you know, when you ever see these athletes having like knee issues all the time, because they eat fast food all the time. Might be it. Might might be why. Might be. I don't know. I don't know the science behind it. He's like former military, so he like you know he knows his stuff. Might be true. Stop eating fast food, guys. I need to stop doing that. Special thanks to Julio Sanchez for putting all the hard work in this uh, this Friday evening. Special thanks to you, the listener, for taking time out of your night to listen to us. My name is Christian Ozero. This is Bing at Night here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 